You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hi, my name is Blake, and I have just a quick note before we get started. Actually, it's more like a recommendation, because this podcast is an immersive audio fantasy, and what you're about to hear is best experienced with headphones on, imagination on, and everything else turned off. Welcome to Abandoned, the All-American Ruins podcast. My name is Greta Thunberg. I'm 16 years old. I come from Sweden, and I want you to panic. I hear about the house from an online acquaintance. It's one of those rare moments when doom scrolling pays off. A photograph of a sky-blue, four-story house, abandoned, appears on my feed. A dilapidated structure, peeking out behind some dead trees on a winter landscape. Its bright color cuts against clusters of gray and black tree trunks that line a road that I soon realize is a county highway I've traveled hundreds of times before, every time I've ascended into the Catskill Mountains of New York. Up to Woodstock to commune with my artist ancestors. Up to Phoenicia to dip my toes in the cool waters of Esopus Creek. Up past Big Indian, Pine Hill, to the Palmer Hill Trail where I go in search of ghosts. Rip Van Winkle said it best, there is magic in the Catskill Mountains. It echoes across the ridge and peaks and whisks me away from reality whenever I need a break. How can this be, I wonder? How have I never seen this house before? There's magic in the Catskill The next thing I know, my car is parked at a seedy motel, and I'm backtracking behind a thick metal guardrail that hugs the side of the road until I reach a driveway. A lazy chain droops across it, shrugging up against the gravel. It's a lame barrier. Nothing new, something I've come to realize in my journeys to abandoned spaces all over the country, the kinds of places that look like they've been raptured. Most of these ruins aren't trying too hard to keep people out. It's like this unspoken understanding. Trespassing is illegal, yes, but if you do decide to break the law, just... don't get hurt. And try not to vandalize anything. And if you do get caught, make sure you say I'm sorry right away. What I don't realize, as I step over the chain and enter another wormhole to the past, once the entrance to the now-demolished Sunset Drive-In, is that someone, or several people, have transformed this derelict house into a gigantic piece of art. A shrine dedicated to the life and work of climate activist Greta Thunberg the teenage Swedish sensation who somehow became a symbol overnight 
For modern-day environmentalism and a movement that challenges world leaders to act swiftly against rising ocean tides and raging forest fires and an atmosphere choking on CO2 emissions. Net zero by 2050, blah, 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 net zero, blah, 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 climate neutral, blah, blah, blah. This is all we hear from our so-called leaders. Words, words that sound great, but so far has led to no action. Our hopes and dreams drown in their empty words and promises. I've never been a fan of how much we've celebritized her, but her message remains true and clear. We can no longer let the people in power decide what hope is. Hope is not passive. Hope is not blah, blah, blah. Hope is telling the truth. Hope is taking action. And hope always comes from the people. I scuff down the driveway to an old marquee and lights display, where I begin to realize that indeed this property has been transformed into something special, unique, unlike any abandoned space I've been to yet. The marquee has Greta Turnberg's name painted on it in sloppy block letters. I smile, unaware that I'm about to witness a truly miraculous work of creative genius. The driveway wraps around the house, snuggled up to its front porch, then dips down further still and continues to press up against the foundation of the building as it reaches its lowest point, the bottom, where I look up to see a double-door garage and four stories hovering above me. Holy shit. I gasp. Splattered there in enormous fiery letters is some kind of poetry panic like the house is on fire. The message flies off the splintered wood siding and penetrates my stomach. Flying out of the windows are giant flames, painted red and orange and yellow. And between each garage door are burning hearts floating up into the painted blaze. As I stare, dumbstruck, I begin to wonder if the phrase panic like the house is on fire is some kind of song lyric. I pull out my phone in the middle of the muggy Hudson Valley June afternoon and search. The first result pops up. A video. It's Greta Turnberg. The video title, Greta Turnberg, Our House is on Fire. I open it, and sure as shit, there she is, talking to a group of people in power. Grown-ups. One year ago, I came to Davos and told you that our house is on fire. She seems nervous. I said I wanted you to panic. Frequently glancing up and down from her paper. I've been warned that telling people to panic about the climate crisis is a very dangerous thing to do. Her voice trembles but commands the certainty of what she's saying. But don't worry, it's fine. 
trust me, I've done this before, and I can assure you, it doesn't lead to anything. I peer back up at the house and read the message again. Panic like the house is on fire. This abandoned sky blue, four-story ruin isn't just a home left to rot. It's a monument to Greta Thunberg and Mother Nature herself. To keep talking about reaching net zero emissions or carbon neutrality by cheating and fiddling around with numbers. My head fills with images of all the abandoned fortresses I've been exploring since May of 2020. And really, since I was a kid, creating entire universes at the abandoned dairy farm down the hill from my house. C&D Battery Technologies in Huguenot, New York from Episode 7. The Altec Steel Corporation in Colony, New York from Episode 6. And every single factory I whiz by driving through Allentown, Pennsylvania in Episode 1. These deteriorating relics encapsulate moments on a timeline. The Industrial Revolution, the Steel Boom, the subsequent genesis of the Rust Belt, the exile of blue-collar jobs from the United States to places like China, India, and Mexico. They also embody, in all their former glory, the war we've waged on the planet. So many of these compounds of greed have been contained and branded with an environmental scarlet letter flowering Superfund sites, dozens, hundreds, thousands of hazardous wastelands across the United States where large, careless corporations have turned billions of dollars of quick profit by poisoning the planet. And it's not just the manufacturers, it's everywhere. So many of these abandoned spaces are virulent to human exposure, littered in asbestos, surrounded by noxious bodies of water that were injected ad nauseum with harsh contaminants. The decay of these all-American ruins flows freely, the trickling residue of the bigwigs in power. As I ventured out across the United States pursuing these portals to the past, I've considered the greed locked behind the walls of each abandoned space, and I've discovered, time and again, that so many of these mighty structures have been left to rot, frozen in time, either because they were levied by the government or a bank, or because they've spent decades wreaking havoc on the land and air and water. I'm always torn as I wander through these remnant spaces that allure my imagination to run hog wild, just like it did when I was a kid, living in an alternate reality, and talking to ghosts inside the abandoned dairy farm from my childhood. Personal sanctuaries born out of the wreckage of the past. And that's where I live, between the lines, between serene beauty and a violent, malignant reality that many of these places represent. Greed, dishonesty, apathy, and the unmitigated pain of generations tortured by the oftentimes unrelenting, brutal reality of humanity. My brain begins to swell as I think about the increasingly violent ocean waters and ferocious fires and non-stop CO2 emissions pummeling holes into the atmosphere. Comprehensive global asphyxiation. So if we don't have much time left, I guess I'll just keep exploring these spaces because what else am I going to do? Not? Nothing. Silence. Or something worse than silence. Empty words and promises which give the impression that sufficient
I enter the garage underneath the house where the artist or artists have laid out a maze on the floor using hundreds of empty paint cans. I spot a pair of old skis on the opposite side of the musty concrete slab. And I remember the first time I skied in the Colorado Rockies. I think about my mom driving back and forth to Breckenridge, where us kids learn to swoop the slopes. I climb a rickety staircase into the house where I find several rooms full of ancient decay and lingering evidence of squatters. Old appliances, caving ceilings, sunken floors, and wall after wall coated in poetic graffiti that somehow comforts these end-of-day thoughts I can't get out of my head. I envision what the planet might look like if humans just... disappeared. I head up to the attic, up more rickety stairs to an open floor plan that is full of clothing hung on racks, a television, and a copy of Britannica's Book of the Year from 1987. That's the year I was born. I graze my hands over the dusty book and remember that I'm at the foot of the Catskills. There's magic in the Catskill Mountains. Rip Van Winkle said so. I head back downstairs to a kitchen full of retro wares and cabinetry. I open each and every cabinet, the old icebox, touching everything in sight. Bottles, dishes, old soup cans. I hear vintage commercials from the 1950s and 60s in my head as I exit the kitchen and turn the corner down a dark, dimly lit hallway where I nearly collide headfirst with a bird catapulting towards me at breakneck speed. I duck. Just in time, as it whizzes around the corner and out a kitchen window, I turn back my aorta pumping gallons of blood a mile a minute and walk a few paces down the hallway, trepidatiously, when my head turns towards an open doorway on my left and my breath fishhooks my lungs. I stop. I hold very still. I allow my eyes to adjust to what they think they're seeing, and they are. Flying circles around this dingy bedroom full of mangled clothing, blanketing the floor, is another bird. Like a twister. Over and over and over. Round and round the perimeter of the room, full of song. Lifting its voice and inviting me to pause and take stock of the message painted on the wall. It reads, I love you more each day. The world. I take a step into the room. The bird panics and soars out above me, down the dark corridor to another part of the house. I kneel in front of the note on the wall and close my eyes. I gently place my hand on the message. I stay there for what feels like hours, thinking about love, and how to love more and more each day. Somehow I am learning to do this, by reaching back in time, exploring these abandoned spaces in order to understand the present and what might come in the future, to pay my respects to the humanity that already lived. 
Maybe those birds were the ghosts of the couple who used to live here. Maybe those two birds are the phantoms, the shadows of two vagrants who passed in through the night and route to California to find some warmth. Or maybe they're just birds who are super pissed off that some dumbass human came to ruin their day. In this crumbling house, I open my eyes and allow the light to settle and breathe in love. For my country, for the planet. A planet where usually I feel as though I should be panicking. Like the house is on fire. If you're just tuning in for the first time, welcome to the first season of Abandoned, the All-American Ruins podcast. Join me as I take you on immersive audio journeys, recounting my expeditions of abandoned spaces across the United States, which I transform into fantastical sonic experiences that allow you, dear listener, to dive into my imagination with me, or maybe inspire you to go out and use your own. Next time... Guess what? It's the end of the first season. I actually can't believe it. And we're going out in style. True style. Mansion style. Come with me to our last abandoned space of this debut season, an estate in upstate New York, where we're going to go into full-blown fantasy mode. If you don't want to miss it, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and... I realize that I ask the same question at the end of every episode, but it is important. Could you just take one and a half seconds and rate slash review this first season so I can keep feeling the fantasy with you? Or better yet, share it. Tell your friends. Bring it up at that bad holiday party. Whatever feels right. Also, if you enjoy amateur photography or like to read, just know that each episode of this season is adapted from the original All-American Ruins blog, where you can catch up on more of my adventures. Just visit allamericanruins.com, or you can follow me on Instagram at allamericanruins. Abandoned, the All-American Ruins podcast is hosted, written, edited, and produced by me, Blake File, with studio space courtesy of Radio Kingston, WKNY, AM1490, FM1079 in Kingston, New York. Special thanks to Ida Hakala, Jimmy Buff, and Manuel Bloss for the mentorship and encouragement. To you, the listener, for taking the time to explore these abandoned spaces with me. And to you, Greta Zernberg. May we all have the courage to speak out just like you.